You're listening to the Fluid Fan Podcast, brought to you by Sports Innovation Lab. Welcome back again to the Fluid Fan Podcast, your favorite podcast, I'm sure. I'm Angela Ruggiero, the CEO and co-founder of Sports Innovation Lab. We're psyched to bring you a better version of sport. We're trying to do use data. We're data nerds to help inform strategy, help you understand what's going on in the market. And today we're going to talk about sustainability. But first, I want to bring on my co-host, my producer, Jack Barlow. What's happening, man? Uh, not much, Ange. Yeah, excited. This uh, topic we don't usually touch on, but I, I mean, kind of surprised we've made it halfway through July already. I feel like the summer is just flying by. You were off in Chicago this weekend. How was WNBA All-Star? Sure, the game was amazing, but activations and everything, how was that? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Who doesn't love the WNBA? Come on, you know I'm an investor. I love I love these guys. Uh, just had Phil on as our uh, podcast guest, but no, the game was fun. Sue Bird, my favorite. She's retiring. I, you know, I gave her my, um, her, I gave her her gold medal in 2016. I did not. And yeah. she actually is going to be gracing the cover of NBA 2K23, her and Diana Taurasi. I saw that. Yeah. The OG, they're, they're the OGs. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're the, the transcendence of the sport. Yeah. They're one of the four covers I saw come out. So good to see some, some solid that. W representation there for cool. NBA 2K. Yeah, and then uh, Sabrina Nescu, who um, I've been following since my game at the Liberty, Kia Clark, shout out CEO there, had me and um, a little uh, a little dinner uh, before our Liberty game, so I got to see Sabrina up close. She's she's amazing. So anyway, I, I was psyched. There's so many good stars. It was fun to see the W in action. Good good times had all around. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Sabrina's amazing. I think she had her third triple double of her career, which. I, I'm, I think I saw the stat. She's one of the few to have three and she's done it in what, two or three years playing already. So unbelievable on her, but yeah, great to, great to see that. It was a great game, but yeah, we got, we got a topic today that we're, we're not usually touching on. So we, we went heavy into sustainability. Well, we touch on it. I think that's the point we touch yeah. on it. We haven't gone deep. So mm-hmm. yeah, Chris Chandler, executive director of the gray lakes Bay invitational and sports solutions at Dow. It's a mouthful, but he basically runs sport at Dow. They're chemical companies. We're going to get into it, material science company. And we're going to discuss sustainability. That's the topic of today. If you haven't checked out the report, we just released it with Dow. Go to the website, sportsilab.com. It's getting into the game, the sports industry's responsibility to our planet. Where do we find that report, Jack? Yeah, like you said, there's uh, our research section on our company website, sportsilab.com, or you can visit reports-dow.sportsilab.com to check out the interactive version of the report. You know, we wanted to practice what we preach, developed an online interactive version going with the sustainability effort, but uh, it's loaded with insights, got some uh, video interviews from various uh, industry leaders, so definitely worth checking out that version as well. Yeah. So there's the PDF. If you go on our site, reports-dow.sportsilab.com. Go to our website, find it. But yeah, the there, interactive there's links version, to everything there. You'll find it there. <laughs> I like the interactive one because again, it's more fun. Um, yeah. But we care about this industry, as you know, you work here, Jack, but we practice what we preach. We're trying not to just talk about one area. We've talked a lot about women in sport, sustainability is Internally, we've been doing an enormous amount of research around it for the past few years. And this report, again, puts a lot of that thinking on paper or in the interactive version. And you have someone like Dow who's spent 30 years, we're talking about that with Chris, um, dedicated to sustainability efforts in this space. So you get a sneak peek of that, their their partnership with the LPGA, their partnership with uh, Formula E. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, and uh, and you'll get a preview too of this tournament that's right around the corner, the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. Yeah, it's coming up on Thursday. We got a little bit of a preview from it, so you know it's a pretty interesting tournament. It's a team format, so you know not the traditional individual stroke play. So it's going to be interesting to see you know that format, how the players are navigating it. And, you know, we'll have an innovative format on the course and we'll have the sustainable activations and efforts from Dow off of it. So it should be a really interesting piece. And any, anytime you've heard me, I can talk about golf. I'm obsessed now. Mm-hmm. 
you know, every, itch that's getting you, huh? Well, every athlete goes from being an athlete in one and then you kind of just get burnt out. I still love hockey. I always will, but I picked up a golf club. Thank you. LPGA, by the way, Roberta Bowman, give her a shout out. Um, mm-hmm. She was like, no, you got to try it. It'll be great. I'm like, no, Robert, I'm, I can't, I can't. I'm, I've got kids now and I got a company. I'm busy. She's like, no, 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 come out. So I fi- they finally got me to the Solheim cup last year. And it, look, that was stressful. There are too many people around. I don't want to do that again for a while. <laughs> I'm like, I just need to take lessons. So that's where I'm at in life is, do you want to play golf? I'm just sending out a vibe to the world. Want to play yeah. golf with me? Let me know. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at all. I'm just going to put it out there, but I'm learning and I'm welcome to invites. <laughs> yeah. Got to start somewhere. And if you're watching on the YouTube, you can see my clubs over here in the corner and I'll be playing on Saturday. So, you know, there it is. Maybe we got a, a spot for you, Angel. I'll see if I can uh, get my know. buddies to kick someone out, get you on squeeze, there. Squeeze me in. There we go. Yeah. All right. Let's talk sustainability and sport with the guys putting it into practice each and every day. Chris Chandler, the executive director, again, of the Great Lakes Bay Invitational and Sports Solutions at Dow on today's Fluid Fan Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Fluid Fan Podcast with the executive director of the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational and Sports Solutions at Dow, Chris Chandler. Thanks for being on with me. Yeah, thanks, Angela. Great to be here today. Well, we've known each other for quite some time. You've had a a really extensive career at Dow. And today's topic, as you know, is all about sustainability. And Dow's doing a lot. So I want to dive right into that. But for those that don't know you or Dow, you know, we've worked together through a few years with the Women's Sports Executive Network. You've been at Dow for 12 years. You're, you're definitely a business and marketing guru. Um, and a few years ago, you, you moved into your current role as executive director of the Great Lakes Bay Invitational um, and Sports Solutions. So for those that don't know Dow, it's a big company. I want you to present. Who's Dow? You're in the sports space, but you're so much bigger than that. We touch Dow every single day without knowing. Explain who Dow is for those that, that don't have an understanding. Yeah, thanks, Angela. Dow's uh, actually this year we're celebrating our 125th year anniversary. So we've been around for 125 years, obviously a blue chip company, Fortune 100, got 40,000 employees around the globe, but we're essentially a science and technology company. And we produce over 20,000 different products uh, from 100 different manufacturing facilities around the world. And these are materials that go into everything in our everyday life. Like you said, they are in the sunglasses that you wear. They're in your iPhone. We're in your clothes. We're in your shoes. We've got foam in your bedding that you sleep on at night. We are literally in everything. We're, We're mostly a B2B company. So we're selling to other companies that are making stuff, uh, but we're making the products behind the scenes that are um, providing all the the technology and sustainability aspects of a lot of the products that we have today. So yeah, a big, big material science company. Yeah. And I remember I got to know Dow more extensively actually through your International Olympic Committee um, top sponsor partnership. Um, When I was, remember at the Pyeongchang Olympics, and I, I got to go to one of your activations and I'm going, so the paint for the blue line on the hockey rink is Dow. And they're like, yep. Or, you know, did you, re- did you know the, the, the streets were paved with Dow, you know, chemicals, so this material science, I just want to underscore, I was blown away at the volume of products that you have on the market, which you never heard of. Cause again, you're B2B, but you're everywhere. And so you've been thinking about this question of sustainability, obviously it's part of who you are. It's part of your DNA. Yeah. And these sports partnerships like that with the Olympics uh, and with all of the other ones that we have, it's, um, it's really a great showcase opportunity for us to talk about science. Mm -hmm. We know that over 70% of the world of the people love sports and follow sports less than 10% of the world is interested in science. Mm. And so sports for us give us a great opportunity to talk about the science, technology, innovation, sustainability, all that stuff we're doing uh, from a company perspective. And so partnerships like the Olympics that we have, 
yeah, give us a great opportunity to highlight all of those technologies and innovations for our customers, for future customers, for our planet, all of that through our sports partnerships. So it's, it's unique for our company to be involved in some of this stuff, but we've found a really massive value from a business perspective, yeah. from a brand perspective, but also opportunity to uh, with, with new business development and customers through the sports partnership. Yeah. So yeah, it's well, my, my sister's a science teacher, by the way, she's a high school science teacher. So she would think what you do is way cooler than what I do <laughs> for the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. I hear your point 10% don't love science, but if you can integrate it into sports, huh? Suddenly you're going to learn. And again, I want, so on that note, I'd love to throw out some facts and figures for those who are listening to this podcast and say they care about sustainability, they care about helping our planet. Over 3.3 billion people, nearly half of the world's population, are vulnerable to the impacts of climate change due to where they live. Greenhouse gas emissions, if they're not reduced, only one out of 21 former hosts of the Winter Olympics, that includes Pyeongchang, would still be a reliable site for the games at the end of the century. Mega events like the Olympics, like FIFA, emit an enormous amount of greenhouse gas that is negatively affecting our planet. Travel, think about travel for sporting events. Spectators, amateurs, professionals, they all contribute. In fact, the top four North American sports leagues created an estimated 122 tons of CO2 emissions in 2018 alone. I'm going to keep going. Hold on, Chris. Just let me, I just want to paint the problem that you're helping to solve. Um, sports generates approximately 39 million pounds of trash, trash each year. Yet sports fans, almost 70% of sports fans love and support environmental change. And they'll, they're more likely to support brands, athletes, and teams, soccer fans in particular at 74%. There's so many stats out there like the planet, you know, we need to do more to take care of the planet, but sports fans in particular are saying like, yeah, well, I'll support that. I'll, I'll spend more money. I'll, I'll align to brands that do that invest in, in this sort of ch uh, proactive change. So tell me a little bit about if you had to scare the consumer that's listening, scare that professional that's listening. I try to do it in a sound bite. Like why do we need to care right now? Why is now the time for sports to lean in? and try to make the world a better place. Well, yeah, you, you paint the picture for sure. Uh, I, I think sports are globally one of the most influential things that we have on our planet. You know, when you look at athletes, the leagues, the teams, like we said, 70% of the people in the world follow sports. And if we are going to meet the climate action change goals that we've been talking about for years that were talked about last fall at COP26 in Scotland, we need sports to be a part of that solution. And it's our thinking that sports should really be at the forefront of that, not just part of the solution, but sports should be an influencer and a driver and a key part of those solutions. So that that's, you know, some of the work that we're trying to make a small dent with our sports partnerships and in sustainability around the world. I, I don't know. It's just sports mm. has got to step up. And as you yeah. said, the fans want it. Yeah. The fans want it. If the yeah. fans want it and will help us do it, then sports has got to step up. Totally. And there's a lot of people doing it. There are. Yeah. So fluid fans follow their values. Um, along that line, I mentioned 69% of sports fans between the ages of 16 and 24 support environmental change and expect now the brands and the athletes and others uh, to align to those values. It's also, I talk about the bottom line. It's good for business. It's not just the right thing to do. We talk about this a lot in women's sports, but it applies very appropriately here. 90% of um, studies have found that uh, a high environmental, social, and governance ESG standard, as people know, reduce companies' cost of capital. So it's going to hit your bottom line if you invest in sustainable measures now. So again, this is not unique to sports. This is the entire world. We're all trying to wrap our hands around how do we be more sustainable? I'd love to dive into the report we wrote together though, Chris, because you're a practitioner. You guys are in the field. You, I see the Great Lakes Bay Invitational behind you. You're already doing it, but you said now is the time to get our message out, to make sure that we could lean in and partner with Sports Innovation Lab to talk about this in a real 
a methodical way and a, a data-driven way. So we recently partnered with you guys to write this report. Tell, can you tell us a little bit about what it is? What are the findings? I can share my perspective, but why now? Why, why is now the time to really lean in and, and make sure the message gets across this industry? Yeah, well, I love what you talk about with values-based uh, approach here to sports. And that, that's what we're doing with our a lot of our sports marketing programs is taking that values-based approach. And we're using the research that that you've been talking about for over a year now that fans want that anyways, mm-hmm. which which is awesome. But if it I gotta kind of start a, a little bit with some of the foundation of Dow over the years. We have been on a sustainability journey for over three decades at Dow. We've put out global leading sustainability goals, vision, and have achieved them now for over three decades. We've got big goals out there for 2050 that we'll be a carbon neutral company by by 2050. We've got all kinds of sustainability reports that we report on every year that show all the metrics and everything behind the scenes Mm -hmm. of what we do as a company. So this is really, we know that over 60% of new business that comes into Dow is driven through sustainable innovation of material science. So this is literally driving our business, sustainable sustainability. Mm. And so we've got to look at our sports partnerships. As you said, from a business perspective, yeah, sports partnerships, absolutely. Uh, entertain new customers, uh, drive new business development, develop new innovation and technology through our sports partners, but the brand piece of it Mm -hmm. is becoming even more important for us from a values perspective of aligning DE&I initiatives, innovation, STEM education for kids out there. We're a science company and again, sustainability. And so that's where our partnerships have really shifted, I'd say over the last two to three years on Mm -hmm. this values-based marketing to showcase Dow's been a leader in sustainability for over three decades, right? We need our sports partnerships and everything else that we do at Dow to also reflect that. And so that's why now is the time to work with, you know, Sports Innovation Lab on getting more of this out there in the world. We honestly, we look at the opportunity to showcase our sports partnerships as leading examples in all of these leagues and teams that we interact with. And so that's why the time is now we've got to we've got to make change. I agree. All right. We're going to get to those partnerships in a second. Before we do, I just want to make sure if you haven't read the report, download it. It's called Getting Into the Game, the Sports Industry's Responsibility to Our Planet. It's a big and bold title, but we believe I'm like you. We our mission is to make the sports industry a better version of itself. And that applies across not just gender, race, uh, sustainability, but how do we do more to make sure this industry stays healthy and thrives? You've been doing, as you said, uh, three decades now. There aren't that many. I don't know if anyone can claim they've been focused on it for that long. A lot more recently, especially in the last decade, it's picking up. I mean, everyone's trying to wrap their head around it. Tell me the five takeaways, Chris. I know um, at a high level, we bucketed them. Carbon and greenhouse gas emissions, the natural world, the circular economy, water and energy. If there's any like key points that you think this industry, someone that's listening now, maybe doesn't realize you can take action now. What are some of the big takeaways that you think are, are important for, for those that, uh, that maybe want the Cliff Notes version? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, sustainability is more than waste management. That's the first thing that everybody goes to is, okay, how do I recycle our waste or reduce our waste, right? Yeah. And absolutely, that's a big part of being more sustainable. Absolutely. But there is so much more to it. When you talk about ESG, you mentioned it, environmental, social, and governance. Mm -hmm. DE&I activities and initiatives are a huge part of being more sustainable as a team, as an event, as a league, you know, whatever it is. So creating access and equity programs for your event or team or venue uh, where you're helping to serve, you know, underprivileged kids or groups or veterans or, you know, any of that, that, that social governance piece of it is very important too. So it's, it's more than recycling the social part of it, the governance part of it, 
we've seen a huge opportunity in the procurement side of it as well. Mm -hmm. So when you do talk about the things, the waste, the materials that you're using at your event, are you talking to your suppliers about wanting more sustainable solutions? Are you asking for it? Are you pulling through the supply chain demand for more sustainable products? Because right now, that is a huge problem in mm. the sports world, Angela. Is mm. for, for one example for us as a golf tournament, we want to use more sustainable energy. There's no options. You can't. There's no options in the supply chain. The only hybrid generators that are out there are in the state of California. Mm. That's it. Yeah. So there's no supply to even go through it. So until so you got we have to create the demand is what you're saying. Like we, let's we go to, out yeah, and yeah. you know you know you see Seattle's Climate Pledge Arena. There's others that are saying, hey, this is just going to be part of our DNA. You're saying one actionable item right now is just if you're procuring items, if you're, if you're in that, you have the demand, we have the opportunity to create the demand, which will then create the supply. Yeah. And you, you know, we're, we're paying for it. Right. So dollar, the dollar speaks. If we're willing to pay (laughs) for more sustainable solutions, then the suppliers are going to start providing it. But if we're not, if we're not asking for it and we're not demanding it, then yeah. nothing's ever going to change. Yeah. And it's interesting you say, cause I hear, uh, I, I hear the same thing like, Oh, sustainability. Yeah. I recycle my like plastic bottles. I'm like, okay, that's like a piece. It's a tiny, maybe more visible piece. That's probably a big part of it. The, the consumer, the fan can see that, but they may not know like, where's there, is there water being recycled? You know, as you mentioned, like what did it take in CO2 emissions to, to put this event on? And have we calculated that and are we measuring that? Are there ways we can reduce that? Um, all these under this underbelly that the industry sports industry creates without it being very visible, I think is a big part of it. Yeah, and that's you know, that's why we go to the waste management, right? This is it yeah. is visible and it, it's big examples and um, you know, that's a very important part of it for the marketing side of sustainability to to grow and for people to be aware of the opportunities but um you know going back to what can people do now mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing with sustainability is it's there's so many directions you can go with it and it's kind of a big word that a lot of people have struggled with defining and so i think the and a lot of people are scared of it they're scared to do something and get hammered by external or social media that, well, you didn't do this or you didn't do enough. And, you know, why didn't you do that? I think we've got to get past that. We cannot be scared anymore not to take a step, not to put your toe in the water. So my advice to everybody is do one thing. Mm. If you've got an event, if you've got a team, if you represent athletes, whatever it is, do one thing, make a commitment that you're going to do one thing really good. Yeah, and see where it gets you. Talk about it in a positive light. Talk about it that you're going to try to do more. As you know, and this is your first step. Be honest. Yeah. But if you do one thing, what we've seen is that next year you'll do two things, and then you'll do really? three, and then you'll do four, and it'll start to grow into a more holistic program that you can really wrap your arms around. And now you're creating and doing real stuff. I love it. That's a great tee up. You you were at the green sports Alliance summit uh, last week with my co-founder, Josh Walker. There's a lot of people out there doing something or wanting to do more. There's this underbelly again, of people that care in the sports industry, your advice, which I loved, which is like, do one thing. Um, one, I think highlight of the report that we wanted to push out and align on was measuring sustainability efforts is vital to continuous to continuously evaluate the success and then iterate and make more data-driven decisions. Um, and I'm an athlete, as you know, it's like, okay, I want to be an Olympian. Well, do you have a goal? Do you have like metrics to get there? Do you have a timeline? Are you really committed or are you just greenwashing something and pretending you're doing so I love this piece of advice, like do one thing, but take it one step further in like how specific does that one thing need to be? And then, it, you know, if, if I, if I'm a project manager, I want to put one thing out there, like, how do I do that? Well, yeah. And, you know, this and, is- and tie that to what you're doing, by the way, how do you measure the success of your sustainability efforts? I think that context would be helpful. 
Well, yeah, and in, in we're, we're probably a little different in the sense that we have been on a sustainability journey as yeah. a company for, yeah. for three decades. So when we do and talk about sustainability, we're, we're kind of all in, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of part of our DNA. So from that standpoint, you know, I think the some of the best advice is to find an expert that can help you develop a strategy and action plan and measure behind the scenes. So, you know, here's one example. When I look at uh, what we're doing with our one LPGA event that we host in Midland every year, uh, we found the Geo Foundation. They're a Scotland-based sustainability organization that helps golf tournaments, leagues, venues, athletes develop sustainability strategies, action plans, and measure it. Mm -hmm. And so we partnered with them to say, hey, we'd like to do something sustainability related with our event. How do we create a golf sustainability event? Like, how do we make our event mm. more sustainable? Find an expert. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than getting advice from somebody that already has done it and knows what they're doing. And so they had a full process to follow. Hey, here's one through 50 on what you can do. You start, choose, do you want to do, you know, numbers one through three this year, or do you want to go for all 50? Mm. It's totally up to you and it's at your own pace. But I think some of the biggest advice is find somebody that knows what they're doing and get some expert help. It doesn't have to cost a whole lot of money either, but it's just giving you some direction on where to go. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think we also mentioned um, in the report, like, hire a chief sustainability officer, someone that's committed to it year round. In your case, it's infused through the company. But going back to this geo certified tournament, you're the the first ever professional golf tournament to be recognized uh, as such during its first year of operation, which I thought was like that. When I read that set, like, damn, that's amazing. <laughs> like, you're all in. So again, c- congratulations to, to Dow, to the LPGA Tell me again, you've got this great certification and others are now taking the lead. You've set the standard and that to me is always the best sign of leadership that others are following. So, so tell me about some of the other tournaments that are now leaning into this geo certification. Yeah. What's really cool, Angela is so, you know, not only have we, you know, done what we've achieved with the, the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational on achieving, you know, geo certification our first year, 2019, and in, in 21, and by the way, we were also a carbon neutral event in 21 for the first wow. time ever, cool. which was awesome. But now we are helping the LPGA um, as a league develop a more comprehensive sustainability strategy, which includes them, uh, along with the Geo Foundation and Dow, helping other tournaments on the schedule also start to develop sustainability strategies and action plans for the tournaments. And so what's really cool is that this year now there's 15 Mm. other LPGA events outside of the Dow GLBI that are signed on to uh, start implementing sustainability initiatives. And so we're just, you know, being the, the leader, I guess, here in this ripple effect now where the LPGA has got 15 other events doing sustainability stuff. The LPGA is developing a sustainability strategy for their league as a whole, for their foundation, for athletes, for their corporate offices down in Florida. So it's now like infected the whole ecosystem <laughs> there, which is awesome. Yeah, And they, they love it. And they see the data that you're putting out from Sports Innovation Lab that says the next generation of fans want this. So why not take advantage of it now? So yeah, it's really some incredible, incredible work and and big impact too. No, I love that. Uh, I always say, you know, you got to have a vision and if you, if you have the steps to get there and others are following now, I mean, what a, what a great legacy and kudos to Molly Marcoux, the new commissioner also at the LPGA for, I'm sure taking a a hold of what you've been doing, Chris at Dow and, and supporting one tournament and bringing it to many. So yeah, I mean, you're, you're leading the way have it. That's the ripple effect. That's the positive impact. Tell me about athletes though. Cause I know a big part of the partnership, the LPGA is the uh, sustainable golf champions program. And, and we all know, again, the fluid fan not only follows the values, but they follow athletes. They probably don't really care about, to be honest, the brand of Dow or LPGA in some ways they care, but they care more about 
the athlete as the influencer. And you know that better than anyone. Your athletes are psyched. They're leaning in. How important is this participation of athletes to your plans? And are there any uh, plans to expand it? Because it's been so successful. Yeah. So what we've recently announced is that all of our golf ambassadors uh, that we sponsor with Dow are going carbon neutral for 2022 and beyond, Mm -hmm. uh, which basically means at this point, the first step is calculating, measuring, and trying to reduce their carbon impact as an athlete traveling around the world, playing in these, you know, uh, golf tournaments around the world. And so they've, they've taken that step with us. Uh, we of course did, we asked them said, Hey guys, you know, we're making these commitments as a company to be Mm -hmm. carbon neutral. We're making these commitments through our events and you, you know, better than anyone with the research that you've done and fans following athletes, as you mentioned, they follow athletes because of their values too, right. And who, who they are and what they stand for. And with our athletes kind of, you know, getting on board with this and saying, Hey, we're going to be carbon neutral going forward. I think it's a huge step and it's an opportunity for other athletes to step up and follow suit. I mean, you know, the teams and leagues themselves have influence. Absolutely. The NBA, Mm -hmm. NHL, hockey, you name it, but the athletes even more so I think have more personal influence on the general consumer in the marketplace that, you know, if somebody's following LeBron James or whoever, you know, when he goes and buys this shirt or listens to that song, people follow, right? And so athletes have this influence. And our hope is that this can just be, uh, you know, the starting point for more athletes to consider doing more for the environment. And, and not only will they see that it's good for their brand, uh, they're doing the right thing but they're going to find that it's also a good business decision for Mm -hmm. them too. And they're going to start to develop new relationships and sponsors that are going to come on board because of the values that they're, they're putting out in the marketplace. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's unique. I mean, these athletes care. There's a lot, you can't just wake up and say, I'm going to be carbon neutral. You got to put a lot of effort into it and be conscientious of the impact you're making on the planet by, as you said, getting on planes and, and, you know, there's a lot that goes into the travel in particular, but fans follow athletes. They're going to listen. And, you know, it's why the sports industry is so influential. It's these, these influencers um, that have that amplification effect, have exponentially more followers than any brand or property. So congratulations on that. And like, and like the 15 events that are following your lead, hopefully more athletes will, will pick up this uh, and, and other, other sports, by the way. I mean, I think of hockey, Maybe because we were an indoor arena, you don't really think of the environment as much, even though there's so much that goes into hosting your event. You're not touching the grass. You're not touching the slopes. uh, But certainly um, I see more and more the today's athlete is conscientious of the environment and wants to do more. So congratulations. All right. Tell me another partnership. Dow is championed with Jaguar TCS racing, which I freaking love, by the way, formula E, if you haven't been paying attention, just like formula one, formula E has been gaining a ton of traction on the market lately. And it's a great example of sustainability in sport. It's about, if you, you know, drive a Tesla, you know, you're decreasing your carbon footprint. Walk us through this partnership with Jaguar. Your, your material science now it's like this perfect, you get the amplification of formula E, but you're actually affecting change with your expertise. Tell me about that partnership. Yeah, this is uh, honestly a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, this partnership is going so good so far. We're only just scratching the surface in year two of this partnership, but um, you know, formula E uh, has been um focus on sustainability since the beginning, right? Like this is their whole model is, is promoting sustainability. They've been carbon neutral since the beginning uh, with all of their operations of the event and league and everything. And so um, it's been a great partnership for what, for us. And what it's really centered around is technical innovation. And so with us being a, a material science company, and we, by the way, we have, a, uh, a part of Dow that has a huge automotive business, a $3 billion business uh, with automotive. So what this is, is this puts Dow <clears throat> at the design table 
with Jaguar racing. And so what does that mean? So when Jaguar is developing these cars, they're trying to make the car more sustainable. They're trying to make the battery last longer. They're trying to make the battery run cooler. They're trying to make the battery more Mm -hmm. efficient, more recyclable, more sustainable. They're trying to make the car go faster, lightweight, safer, all of these things that require materials. Dow has the capability through a variety of our businesses to help them develop more sustainable innovations through material science. And so we've already got upwards of 10 of our products on the car now, but we're also helping them make the car more sustainable, faster, lightweight, et cetera, so that in years down the road, those batteries that, you know, that now it's like, yeah, you buy a Tesla, you can go 300 miles on it. Well, is that really like, you know, how many people can do that right now if Mm -hmm. you want to travel across the country, right? So eventually though, these batteries are going to get to where you can drive thousands of miles on them. And that's where our material science is coming into play. And so what's awesome with this is that we're developing the next generation of more sustainable products for the electrification of vehicles that then we can go sell not only to Jaguar, but to Ford or Chrysler or GM or BMW or Mercedes or any of the companies out there. So this is a great business opportunity for us, uh, for our automotive business that's driving, you know, innovation and sustainability. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Well, congratulations on that. I'm, uh, I'm fangirling Formula E and uh, hopefully well, I was just at the W series, by the way, last weekend on the Formula One side. So hopefully there's the equivalent on the women's side soon. It's just a, it's, as you mentioned, a, a really brilliant partnership showing, we always say sponsorship um, doesn't necessarily just mean slapping a logo on the side of a car. Like you, you're getting your hands dirty. You're actually helping make this car better, more efficient, but you're really leaning into making the sport itself better. Um, and you said it's good for the bottom line, which again, I'm just going to keep reiterating a lot of what we look at at sports innovation lab is that Nielsen projected by the way, an 11% revenue growth for rights holders with a sustainability agenda over the next three to five years. So this is the bottom line, your point, you're going to be able to take this solution that you're, you're developing and, and sell it across multiple companies, not just one. So again, kudos to thinking this way. It's sometimes it's this out of the box thinking like partnerships should be mutually beneficial. And it sounds like this is one of the best uh, partnerships out there. Yeah, no. And I mean, look at the business world too. investors these days, you know, over the last couple of years are wanting to invest in companies that have ESG strategies and that are you know, totally. making a difference and doing this stuff. And so for us as a company, I mean, it's, it's almost a mandate now. It's yeah. not optional. This is a mandate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go, I want to do some quick takeaways from this amazing report that again, if you are interested if you're already in this space and you're listening through this podcast because you're committed to sustainability, you're not just about the greenwashing effect. You're like, I want to make a difference or I want to at least hold people accountable or I want to be, again, you gave us one tidbit. What are some other key takeaways, Chris? I think you mentioned no initiative is perfect. Like just get going, right? That was one of the big ones we said, like just start. Just start. Yeah. I I mean, I I say this all the time. You cannot be afraid of the naysayers and of the negative publicity that you could potentially get around, you know, implementing a sustainability plan. Mm -hmm. You just can't worry about that these days. You got to go out and get your feet wet and do something. So who then, because we mentioned, uh, I think before, having discrete ownership of sustainability responsibilities within an organization is ideal if you have a chief sustainability officer with that title and remit and budget. Um, If you don't, who within the organization, how do you get momentum internally? Well, hey, you know, you mentioned, yeah, so we have all those people now, right? And, but a lot of companies don't, but I'll tell you this, this didn't start with them pushing down on me to do this as a sports marketing guy, leading all of our sports marketing properties. This was driven by us. Hmm. So I, I, Angela, I have zero certification, zero education, (laughs) zero classes I've ever taken on sustainability. None of it. But I have a passion for Hmm. developing the corporate initiatives of our company 
through our sports partnerships. And so I just went out there and learned. So this can be done by sports marketing. This can be done by your brand team. This can be done by your events teams that's running your events. It's across the whole company. It's not, it doesn't have to be driven by a sustainability expert. I love that. So examine your company's mission, your operations, and figure out how it applies to you and where you sit within the organization, how you can make the the effect to positive change. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we talk a lot about this at Dow with our sustainability initiatives, our DEI initiatives. Mm-hmm. This isn't a corporate initiative. That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. This is the DNA of our company. Yeah. And so if you're not living out the DNA of your company as whatever your role is, then you know you're not you're not serving your company how you should be. Yeah. I love it. All right. To take the initiative, start somewhere. As you mentioned, you don't have to be an expert. Pick some goals. We mentioned that before. Metrics are so important. You can't monitor. We can't measure. Go out there and, and you know, bring in outside counsel or just put a stake in the ground of, of what, you, what you're committing to in the short term, at least, to, to, to keep moving forward. To me, is always an easy one. I mean, that's data. That's what we do every day. It's like, you know, you're not shooting from the hip. You're, you're, yeah, you're actually yeah, have yeah. goalposts you're trying to stay within. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for your, uh, your passion uh, for moving your, this industry forward, for obviously pushing internally at Dow and applying Dow's myriad of, of solutions into this industry. We need more people like you and companies like Dow that are going to, again, continue to, to innovate. Before we go, uh, and I move on to four questions with number four, which is all about innovation. Give me your 50,000 foot view of the market. I always like to end with just, you know, where are we going to be in terms of sustainability short-term versus long-term for, for this industry? I think the sports industry right now is an infant on the life cycle of where this is at. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of companies, brands, teams, leagues start right now. Like it's like we're an infant, but I think in the next couple of years, it's going to quickly grow into the toddler stages and a little, you know, a little kid stage. But mm-hmm. I, I'm hopeful that by five to 10 years from now, sustainability isn't going to be something we're talking about that people need to do. It's going to be something we talk about that everybody is already doing. And how do we just go faster and do more? But we're just on the cusp of it now. There's so much opportunity within sports right now. All right. On the cusp. I like it. Be bold. Go big. Let's go, people. Let's not sit on the sidelines. Let's make this world better through sport, which is always the power of sport. All right. I'm going to flip it quickly. We got our, our fire drill. Four questions. Number four. Chris, what does innovation mean to you? I will go to our founder at Dow. Herbert H. Dow said, if you can't do it better, why do it? And that's what our company motto is all about uh, in terms of innovation. So we're, we're always trying to do things better. All right. Who's the most innovative person in our industry? Or, I mean, you have, you could pick anyone, but I like to hone in on if there's someone in the sports industry. Yeah, I think that, I, that I've directly worked with, I'd say Mike Wan. You know, he was the mm-hmm. commissioner of the LPGA before Molly. And what he did in the 10 years at the LPGA, almost doubling what they were doing, uh, you know, ten, of his tenure. Um, and now what he's doing at the USGA, I think he, um, especially when it comes to women's sports and, mm-hmm. you know, you look at him being at the USGA now and getting that $10 million purse for the U S women's open. I mean, that's, that's his dedication to women's sports and the advancement of women. And so I just, I love that he's still bringing that passion with the USGA after everything he'd done at the LPGA. I love it. Yeah. 10 million. That was a big, that was a big announcement. That purse. That was like, huge. Why didn't huge. I, I should have played golf. I was saying <laughs> I'm playing now, you know, this, we have to play sometime. I'm learning as a hockey, former hockey player. I got the, you know, the, the, the quads and the butt and the core to drive the ball at my short game is horrendous, <laughs> by the way. But anytime you want to go, touch. it's a touch of a I'm hockey trying. player. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. But I got hooked. I got to play in the Solheim Cup a year ago in their like celebrity. You know, I was the quote unquote celebrity. I had, but I was horrible, like just for the record. I'm not good at all. Um, but I'm learning. You don't, but I'm you like, don't have to be good at golf. It's all about just having fun. fun. 
Yeah. I'm outside. It's a great yeah. game. So good job, Mike. Keep going. Uh, Molly, keep going. Keep. I love golf. I want women's golf to be super successful. I'm super bullish on it because it, for anyone can play too. Um, and uh, yep. anyway, I took my son, by the way, to the U.S. Open, men's open a couple of weeks ago. And he was good. Good. He's hooked. Yeah. It, it's a it's a values driven sport that you can play for your entire life that's often centered around business and yeah I, i'm very bullish on women's sports too right now it's still only only climbing upwards yeah and a platform for sustainability so there you go <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yep yep all right do you have a most innovative company in sports tech someone that you're uh particularly um you know I, i'd probably go to formula e mm. um you know, here with just everything that they stand for um, as a as a league, um, and you know our partnership with Jaguar. You know, we like to think that they're at the forefront of innovation and why we partnered with them. But even if you go to some of these events on Formula E, I, I would encourage. You know, there's only one in North America, in New York City, coming up this weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, but they're it's a very global sport, and they do some super cool fan stuff with digital and technology and. 3d putting yourself inside the car with the helmet on yeah. and everything so they, they do some cool stuff all right you sort of answered then my my last question innovative league team or federation i'll let you combine the two because i agree formula e if you haven't been it's cool i don't know the whole motorsports is taking this industry by storm i think in north america drive to survive help that but but Tesla, I mean, who doesn't want to drive everyone? I know, I know all these people with Teslas and they're pretty cool. Like they just <laughs> kind of like hover into you and you're like, what? I'm not even here. So I'm excited. I'm excited again. Sport is moving. Hopefully a lot of the technologies to your point in the Formula E cars will make their way into the future Teslas of the world. And, um, and we can, I don't know. You make the world a better place through sport. That's my big mission, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, and that's that's the whole point of Formula E is like to be on the, the forefront of that. And this technology, you know, I mean, look at all these companies from Jaguar. Sure, they've said by 2025, all their vehicles are going to be electric, you know, but yeah. General Motors and Ford and all the big guys are saying the same thing, too. So this is this is here to stay. And they're just on the leading edge. I love it. All right. Chris Chandler, executive director of the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational and Sports Solutions at Dow. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, spending some time with me and uh, good luck this week. I'm excited for the. I'll be watching. Yeah, thanks. It's a big week here and can't wait to see uh, who takes the top prize here. All right, Chris, thank you so much again. Thank you. See ya. Our huge thanks again to Chris Chandler from Dow for taking the time to join me on the podcast. I know he's getting ready for the big Great Lakes Bay Invitational LPGA tournament. If you want to support the LPGA or sustainability, check it out. Tune in. The first round starts on Thursday and will culminate in the final round this weekend, Sunday. Cheer on your athletes, cheer on the sport, cheer on sustainability. You heard Chris say it, $2.5 million on the line. So not a bad thing to go after if you're the, the women shooting some golf this week. So yeah, I'm excited for it. it. Should be fun format, like we said earlier, and should be pretty cool to follow that throughout the week. Yeah. What I love from today's conversation, he said it, but I just want to rem- like put a put a pin in it, is sustainability isn't just recycling. Hmm. It, t- typically, you know, we oh, look, I recycle this bottle. Oh, look, look what we do with our waste. What I love about this report, what we put out from Sports Innovation Lab, what Chris talked about today, it's so much more. It's about, again, different elements of thinking about your your footprint. I hope that that was the big takeaway for everyone. You can do something. You can do something small, even if you don't, you're not certified or you don't have a lesson. Like we all can ask the question. We all can reinspect what our mission is as a company, wherever you come from and put your hand up. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to say like, look, I don't have to chew off the whole thing. Let me, let me take a little, little bit. Let's just get going. Let's prioritize sustainability and recognize it's not just about recycling bottles. Dow has been coming at it for ages. I'm glad they were able to share their wisdom and the way that they're tackling it. Uh, But there's a lot obviously in the research that we put out that's practical to the industry. Yeah. And, you know, they're 
going at it from the top down. You heard Chris talk about, you know, the 30 years he quoted their founder. They're also having their athletes lean in. I know that was something that you really keyed in on that sustainable golf champions program. Um, so thoughts on that before we, you know, kind of wrap up here. I know that was a big piece for you. Any, anything that you can kind of well, touch we on? We used to talk about athlete driven media all the time and you got to use your athletes and they want to, they're, they've been raised to think about sustainability more so than any other generation before them. So it's just in their DNA and why not partner with someone that an athlete that uniquely cares and has that amplification. That's the athlete driven media research we've done. So yeah, I love that they're they're not just talking about it. They're, they're activating in ways that, you know, are outside of the tournament itself. Yeah. And we know, you know, through our fluid fan research that, you know, the younger generation is really leaning into how these athletes are putting themselves out into the market, what they're caring about societal issues in that sense. So, you know, you use that statistic, I think it was 69% of uh, fans age 16 to 24 are caring about societal impact and, and creating a more green and, and better sustainable effort in sports. So yeah, that was huge. I really love that formula E partnership too. Obviously, you know, we spoke last time on the W series and F1, you know, I'm kind of becoming a a little race junkie myself, but again, friendly reminder to everyone out there listening, you can download the report uh, on our website at sportsilab.com and get the PDF there. There's a link to the interactive version as well, or you can go straight to reports Dow dot sports to get that interactive version as well. Yeah. Love that. All right. I want to give a shout out to my team, Kevin, you know who you are and team broad. Team. It's team effort. Credit to our team for collecting interviews, uh, really um, leaning into the research from leaders around the industry. We're not experts, but we, our job is to know what the experts are saying and monitor and provide an easy format for you to check it out. So thanks for the team. And again, thanks for, for you, my listener, who's, who's here, keeping us, uh, keeping us honest, telling us what you want. It's fun to do this every week. To stay up to date on everything else, all Sports Innovation Lab, follow the company on Twitter and Instagram at Sports SciLab. Reach out to us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a report that we produced in collaboration with Extreme Networks launching this week around connectivity, insights, data, research that gets pulled from the venue. So optimizing the experience for fans, optimizing that Uh, overall venue experience for the operators. It's a real good, complete piece there. Uh, So go check it out. All right. Till next time. See you on the Fluid Fan Podcast. Podcast.